For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips, with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BLEAV, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Enjoy the show. You know, Quiggs, I thought that we would just talk about Thanksgiving stuff and the Flyers, but then the BSH Slack had to rudely go in and get All-Star by Smash Mouth stuck in my head before the show. And this is just terrible, terrible news because that is a, a just a horror of an earworm. I never think of that song like ever. But no. like, and honestly, like most times when I hear it, I like, it really doesn't get stuck in my head ever. But there was, I, it was like earlier in the summer, there was like this, a whole day where I had the song stuck in my head, the, like some <laughs> all-star by Smash Mouth. And I was like, I don't know how it happened, but like, it was very much drilled into my, into my hippocampus. And so it's very, it's a very strange song in that. It doesn't really get stuck in your head by listening to it, but talking about it, it will get stuck in your head. Yeah, no, I mean, well, we should probably change the subject sooner rather than later. Hey, now. Yeah, oh, boy. Okay, yeah. There was a trivia thing going on on the, uh, we sometimes will have some trivia shared within the BSH Slack, and one of them involves Smash Mouth's All-Star, and I was just like, it involved Ch- Chuck uh, Chuck Taylor, Converse Shoes, and All-Star. And I'm like, why did they have to include Smash Mouth in this clue? Why? It, yeah. I mean, that it, that's most certainly a choice. But I... And also, yeah. I, I forgot that he died. R.I.P.D. Paul Smash Mouth. <laughs> I can't remember his name. But yeah. I can't remember his Rip. name. Steve... Rip. Harwell? Rip. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Rip. Why the fuck do I know that? I know way too many bad musicians from the early 2000s. Like, this is really a, a terrible wheelhouse of mine at this point. It's Well, it's part of the identity of the show, I feel like, is, you know, talking about... It really yeah, is. Like, talking about... Talking about... Fred Durst. Fred Durst. Scott Stapp. Chad Kroger. Chad Kroger. Scott Stapp. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, there's, I think I've mentioned this before, but as part of my YouTube TV... I have an MTV Classics channel that just shows mu- music videos all day. And the Chad Kroger and the guy from Saliva song from Spider-Man was on the other day. 
And that one is so bad. Hey, the hero will save us. Oh, you know what other? Bad. You know that other band from like the kind of early two thousands? I don't think gets enough hate. Like you know, people people hate on Nickelback, which like I'm gonna be honest. Like I think a lot of the hate is a little unwarranted. I think it's just like the cool thing to. I will say, I I saw them at a Y100 festival one year, and their singer was a total dick. Uh, Nickelback? Yes. Really? Chad Kroger? Total dick. He was like, you don't like Nickelback, you get the fuck out. I think he, like I think I actually hat. remember him doing something kind of shitty recently. Or maybe not. Re- this is years ago, but like, um, I can't even remember what it was, but I remember watching this video of him live and he did something real dickish and I was like, oh, fuck that guy. Like, he's yeah. Canadian. He's not supposed to be like that. I thought they were on Nice Gentlemen. That's what I thought. Every last one of them. But, like, I'll say that. Like, Nickelback isn't, like, a bad... They're not a bad band. Like, everyone just makes fun of them because because that's, like, the cool thing to do. And I'm not saying this is, like, a Nickelback fan because I'm not a Nickelback fan. Um, but, like, the, the band, I think, that doesn't get enough hate. Like, I, I think they should get more hate than Nickelback is Disturbed. Ooh, wah, ah, ah. I, I think they are just bad. Like a real, they have like one or two songs that stick out as like, all right, this is okay. But like, for the most part, they just, they're not good. I will say by early 2000s, new metal standards, the sickness is great, but that's pretty much it. Right. right, Yeah. Like to me, the sickness is on par with the song bodies by drowning pool. Like it's the same song. Let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah. Like, to me, it's the same song, just a couple different bands. But, like, yeah, I, I just, they're kind of synonymous with each other in my brain. A lot of that music just runs together from the early 2000s. A lot of it. Just, it might as well be, like, two bands that made a bunch of, like, Puddle of Mud, for instance. Oh. Like, they could be, like, ten other bands. And, and that's a band that deserves every ounce of hate that might come. Let me say this. Blurry by Puddle of Mud rocks. No, I love that. No, I love that, that song. song. Sucks. I love that song. Blurry sucks. Oh, dude, Ooh. I love that song. Everything Never. No, no fan. Oh, I love that song. Are you kidding me? Nope. Nope. What's wrong with it? Fan. What's wrong with that song? It's it's just bad. Puddle of Mud's bad. That's a good song. I like the song. You know what? Maybe it might be a guilty pleasure of mine. Maybe you know it what? actually is bad. Hey, I don't know. But here's like, the thing, bud. I I like it. You like what you like. Yeah. You like what you like, and you like it. That's cool. That's cool. It's not for me, but you rock on. Listen, I'll, I'll say this. Blurry surely is no uh, uh, Butterfly by Crazy Town. Jesus Christ. Can we all agree that song's terrible? That's a horrible song. You're my butterfly. It's so bad. They, they just ripped off Pretty Little Ditty by Red Hot Chili Peppers and started badly rapping over it. Listen, the guy had uh, six million tattoos, so that he can sing whatever he wants. Pretty sure he... Whatever happened to tongue ta- uh, tongue piercings? That was a uniquely early 2000s thing, and no one has that anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess that people realize they were probably more hassle than they were worth. Yeah. I would imagine they were very painful to get done. They have to be. It doesn't sound pleasant no. at all. And no offense to any of our listeners with a tongue piercing, you keep on keeping on. And I, I appreciate you for 
doing what you do, but I could not do that. Yeah, I could never. Like a tongue piercing just sounds awful. Now, I part of me wonders if it's one of those things where it, like it you think it would hurt really bad, but it's actually not that bad when you get it done. But like I still don't want to find out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Ugh, that's not for me. But Gross. Hey, again, if you like it, keep on keeping on. Yeah, get another one. Just get, just have a metal tongue at this point. Yeah, just have Jedediah Springfield, Hans Sprungfeld, a prosthetic tongue. Get a prosthetic tongue. Yeah, George Washington. Have like a grill outline, like the. Wait, no, George Washington had wooden, wooden teeth. teeth. Yeah, not a wooden, wooden tongue. tongue. <laughs> that, <laughs> that sounds bad. That doesn't, I don't think that would be a very functional tongue, Steve. Uh, you know, who knows how things work in the 1700s. I don't know. Well, I mean, you can find out. You just got to play Red Dead Redemption. Wait, was that even 17? I can't remember if that was. 17. That was the 1800s. Actually, that's even like the early 1900s. Oh, okay. It's the, right. the death of the old West, my friend. Yeah. Steve, yeah. do you know what happens next month? Well, there's Christmas. All the the Hallmark movies are out. It's uh, wonderful. Already going. Uh, let's see. The Philadelphia Hockey Flyers probably have the Disney on Ice tour. What else is happening? On the topic of the developer that makes Red Dead Redemption, the GTA 6 oh! trailer is coming out, baby. That's right. Yeah, the GTA 6 trailer, which I feel like I've been hearing about GTA 6 for my entire adult life at this point. I know, yeah. I, l- l- let me say this. I'm not like a video game freak, but I've never been this excited for a video game, like ever. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Except for maybe like Halo Halo Reach because it was like right after Halo. That's 3. right. You're big. You're a big Halo guy. That's right. I um I do love some Grand Theft Auto. I you know, I I've played it since Grand Theft Auto 3 was a big deal back on the was it the PS2? I'm pretty sure it was the PS2. Yeah. I knew those cheat codes so well. Get that tank falling out of the sky and then just wreck havoc on everybody. Great time. Um I played GTA five so long ago. It's I can't even It's remember. a decade old game. It's old. Yeah. It's old. But they've been running it back for every system. They remaster it every time. And they've been sustained by the online world for that, which I mean, more power to you, but I like I like me some sing I've said this before, I like some single player experience. Uh I am excited though. I will definitely play that when it comes out and costs two billion dollars or whatever video games will cost by right. then yeah i feel like for like i i kind of agree i because i love a single player game and i just i'll play the campaign over and over and over again and like oh, i don't get sure. tired of it because it's so long and there's so much to do there's so much to do they really put a ton of detail into their worlds like i played red dead redemption and red dead redemption 2 at least a couple times because like there was just so much to do and so much to see. Yeah. So much to do, so much to see. Na 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 na. What is that? It's Smash Mouth All Star. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it is in my head. Hey now. Literally, you did that by accident. That's amazing. Yeah, I did like that. Like, it's, it's that in your head. Maybe right now. I am becoming Paul Smash Mouth. Listen, when he passed. All of Soul. his energy went straight into Steve, right into Steve Jaco. 
Oh, God, Steve Harwell into Steve Jaco. That's terrifying. It can't be a coincidence, Steve. This is terrible. I mean, I feel like I'm talking step closer to, to Steve Harwell. That's one step closer to being Guy Fieri as well, because they had very similar like body types. It's funny. Uh, what, what was his last name? Harwell, I believe. He is so like just a couple letters away from being Steve Hartnell. Steve Hartnell, yeah. yeah. I think I'd rather be Steve Hartnell than Steve Harwell. Known Flyers legend and Flyers broadcaster Steve Hartnell. Oh, yeah. Flyers. <laughs> I, I like Scott Hartnell a lot in the studio. I think he does a nice job. I, I, the booth is still rough for me. I think he's great in the studio. I love him in he's the studio. He's great in the studio. Yeah. Great in the studio. And also, like, let me say this. Like, the booth is... He's doing his best. Yeah, like, it's not like... He's a he's freshly out of... Well, I shouldn't say freshly. I, like, it's not like he retired, like, yesterday. But, like, he's, you know... It, it takes players a while if they get into color commentary. It can take a while to kind of get a used while. to it. it. takes a while. So, I mean... I feel like, you know, over time, maybe he could become like a legit, really, really good color commentator one day. I don't know. You're, you're more optimistic than I, but uh, I suppose we'll see because it's not like the Flyers are going to go out and pay for a backup guy to Bush all of a sudden. That doesn't really make sense for the Flyers or NBC Sports Philly, whoever the hell pays for that secondary broadcaster. <laughs> You know, you know who I want to see do color commentary and it'll never happen, but I want to see Phil Kessel do it so bad. Oh, Phil Kessel. Absolutely. I want Phil Kessel a thousand percent. I, so one of the things that I think of almost daily from Phil Kessel's career was he had like this, like on the bench, like post game interview with Pierre, the one, the only Pierre McGuire. All right, Doc. And Pierre asked him, how's your breath? And he's like, pretty rank, eh? <laughs> and he's like, dude, <laughs> and he's like, dude, I mean, you're conditioning. <laughs> and then, and then he just starts laughing. He just starts screaming in that high pitched, like Phil Kessel laugh. Like, dude, there are so many good Phil Kessel stories out there. Like, oh, he's a legend. He's incredible. Phil the thrill, man. He's he's something, yeah. Bring him back. Bring him on. The one place. of the best. What one of the best? Like, and, and that's a man that you know is excited for Thanksgiving this week. You know that Phil Kessel is just pumped up for Thanksgiving. What do you think Phil Kessel's favorite side is? Hot dogs. I'm sure he hot has dogs. hot dogs on Thanksgiving. I can see it. Like, I can totally see it. He actually forms a turkey out of hot dogs. There was legit one year where I was like kind of young. I was in like late elementary school or something we had thanksgiving and i literally had hot dogs for thanksgiving dinner because my at the time i was like i was like i was such a picky eater that i was just like i was just going i was full psycho mode in terms of like i knew that i liked turkey but just to bother everyone i was like no i don't like turkey and so i was like i'm just gonna make hot dogs and so i microwaved like three hot dogs and just did you know? It was the most insane thing ever. <laughs> I was a crazy kid. Like, I, I could in tell. a real and weird that's way. How we got, that's how we somehow got the orange juice and pizza was this, uh, this development right here. I still stand by it. It's a phenomenal combo. Steve, did you really have to bring this up? This is such, it's such a good combo. 
I don't know why you hate. You're just a hating ass bitch, Steve. That's all you are. Everybody that I brought this up to shuddered when I brought it up. You're a bunch of hating ass motherfuckers. I don't understand why you... I mean... Listen, the haters are going to hate, 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 hate. They are. Listen, Steve. We have to talk about the birds here for a second. I know this is a Flyers... We got to talk about the 9-1 and one I know. Philadelphia Eagles. I know this is a Flyers I do have more podcast. Thanksgiving stuff, but let's, let's talk about the birds. They, I mean... They were not supposed to beat the Chiefs. I, I went into... No, I, Andy Reid on a bye week? Hell Last no. night, I went into the game just thinking, like, I would, l- like, obviously love it if we win. We're not gonna. So give me a close game. And, like, we're going through, and in the second... They look like shit in the first half. Yeah. And then in the second... That was, like, the worst offensive line performance I've seen from this Eagles squad. Lane Johnson! Just, like, let someone sack Jalen Hurts. I was like, damn. Unheard of. It had been, like, years since he allowed a sack. Right. And then that happened. It was just terrible. I mean, granted, the Chiefs have a pretty good defense this year, but, like, mm. it was stunning how good. little time Jalen Hurts had. Yeah, it, it was wild. And so, yeah. just watching the game, and I'm just like, all right, if we can keep it close. And then we kind of, you know, got within a touchdown or within a, a what was it? I think they got within a field goal. Yeah, because it was 17-7. to seven. Um, And so they got within a field goal. I was like, you know what? All right, cool. Like, it's a close game. They're, they're hanging in there with the best team in the NFL. I cannot complain. And then they fucking win. They fucking win. I was so furious that I put the game on mute on my laptop and played video games with it on because I was just like so flustered from that first half. And also I couldn't take Buck and Aikman anymore. They were killing me. I wasn't, I wasn't even angry after the first half because I was like, wow, this is not a blowout right now. Like I'm kind of cool with this, you know, like, and it was the kind of game where like they were down by 10. I think they were down 17, seven at the half. They were down 10, but like, it felt like they were down by like a million. And I was like, wow, we're still, oh, only, I, I thought I was like, we're only no down 10 still. So like if they, you know, adjust at the half, like there's a chance they might be able to tie it up or something. And then they did. Well, they more than tied it up. They took the lead and they never relinquished it. So, yeah. And that's, I got to say, that's one of the strengths of this year's team. And something that was always a problem with Andy Reed is halftime. adjustments. Right, yeah. They actually do go into the locker room and tweak stuff. And you could see that in their their blocking schemes. I mean, there's a reason that Jalen Hurts was able to get those rushing touchdowns in the second half. And that was because they changed things up. I mean, they, kudos to the Eagles. There's a reason they're 9-1. and one. Every game has nearly given me a heart attack. Yeah. But they're 9-1 and one nonetheless. It, it, we, they should not have won that game. No, no. Vontez Scantling or what, whatever his... Uh, I, well... So I do actually appreciate what they did in that regard, though, because the Chiefs receivers are trash. They're absolute trash. And Travis Kelsey is their number one receiver. Yeah. And the Eagles said, we're going to cover Kelsey. You got to beat us with these other guys. And the other guys suck. Didn't beat them. They're bad. But still. That Watson guy was okay. But like Valdez Scantling is one of those guys who's been pretty mid for his entire career. So that was no surprise that he dropped that. Yeah. I I mean, no, I I agree. But like, if you're an NFL player and you are that open for a touchdown, literally, how do you drop that? Like, how do you possibly? It was a difficult catch. I will say that because he did have to lay. Yeah, dude, he was going like 
as fast as he could, and he had to jump a little bit to get it. 98% of receivers make that catch. Believe me, he should have made it, but I still see the difficulty of making that kind of catch. Uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, to well, me, to me, Eagles sh- should not have won. They got blessed by the hand of God somehow. And yeah, hey, I'm cool. Listen, with it, so the way I was seeing it, Nick Sirianni was playing 3D chess over there, and he won. He did. That, it's a, I I agree with that strategy. Make the the other guys make beat the you. bad players and beat you. The thing about the Eagles is, you know, Dallas Goddard was out. And they did a great job with A.J. Brown. But the thing is, they have Devontae Smith over there. The Eagles have two number one receivers. So Devontae Smith just was like, all right, I'm the dude tonight. Legitimately, aside from Devontae Smith and the one catch. DeAndre Swift. To, from J, from A.J. Brown. Who else caught the ball? I think Julio Jones got a couple catches. Julio Jones, and they weren't much. Uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, I think DeAndre Swift had a, a catch. Or two. I think so. Awesome game for DeAndre. Yeah, Swift. he was good. He is what a pickup. He's great. I would like the new safety was a great pickup. Getting all the Philly guys, bringing them back. I would love to see DeAndre Swift get uh, a lot more carries. I'm not saying he needs to get 20 carries per game, but I would love for them to stop giving the ball to Kenny Gainwell and giving the ball more to DeAndre Swift, who's actually good. Um, He's great. Yeah. I love him. Like Gainwell, don't get me wrong. I think he has some semblance of value to a degree, but like, stop just, listen, when you're trying to move the ball, that's who you want it. You want DeAndre Swift. You don't want the guy has skills. St. Joe's. Kenny Gainwell's fine. DeAndre Swift is like very, very talented. I think Kenny Gainwell's less than fine. But that's... I think he's fine. DeAndre Swift. Yeah. St. Joe's prep. Philly boy. Give him some carries. Kenny Gamewell's not a starter. That's the thing. He's not a starter. DeAndre Swift absolutely is. And then where's Rashad Penny? Who knows? Uh, Well, Boston Scott. Boston Scott got a little bit of action. I feel like I hadn't thought of him in weeks. They got to get him warmed up for the Giants. Honestly, yeah. Like those those are coming up. You know he's going to score some tutties. So anytime touchdown, folks, that's uh, the bet online bet of the week there. And don't tell Shane Pinto what, uh, but <laughs> that's the anytime touchdown Boston's got against the New York Giants. Every time it happens, that's the play. I just don't still, I don't understand that whole thing. Like how, why does Boston Scott just come alive against the Giants and only the Giants? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. No. It's like they must know something about like the Giants game plan where it's just like, all right, like Boston Scott, he's, you know, the guy that for some reason they can't cover. Like, I don't understand how it works, but it's funny. It it makes zero sense to me, but I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, no, me too. So I will take yeah. it. So I so enough with birds purbly for now, which I. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hey, I, believe me, I could talk Eagles for a long friggin' time. And if we want to get that venture started up at some point, I'm down. 
But uh, I wanted to just quickly do some more Thanksgiving stuff real quick. Got a listener question, an unsolicited listener question from Julia, who I shared a blue sky code with. I have blue sky codes, if anybody wants, by the way. I also have blue sky codes. So if you want one at me or whatever, you, yeah. Please get on there. I need people to talk to. There's nobody on there. Yeah. And it's Twitter's just getting... I, I've been saying it's getting worse and worse, but it's actually still getting worse somehow. I don't know how. Um, but Julia was... Julia wanted us to do a couple Flyers players as Thanksgiving side dishes. So that's uh, a good question right here. And she said, yes, mac and cheese does count as a side for this exercise. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So who's your, who's, who is the mac and cheese of the Philadelphia hockey Flyers? Well, all right. So I'm assuming that the turkey would be like the centerpiece, right? The Sean Couturier right there? Uh, well, I mean... I- I'm not saying... Or do the Flyers have a centerpiece? Do they even have... I, I mean, right now, I think it's Konechny. It could be Konechny, yeah. I, Like, I would say he's the centerpiece of the team right now. Like, even though Coots is like, you know... Coots is the mashed potatoes. Yeah, he's yeah. He's always yeah. there, and he's always good. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, so Coots would yeah. be the mashed potatoes. I think Konechny would be the turkey. Um, yeah. I would say right now, Travis Sanheim might be your biscuits. Yeah, I uh, yeah. got those buttery passes out there. Yeah. I could see him being uh Oh, no. I was going to say he could be stuffing, but I don't I, that's doing him be dirty. Your green bean casserole. That's doing him dirty. Um people fucking love a green bean casserole. I think the mac and cheese would be Owen Tippett. Oh, yeah. And that's because of his uh cheddar orange hair. Well, if precisely that. Yes. <laughs> But also, he's kind of the guy that, you know, he's like that little, when he scores, it's, ooh, it, it makes your, like, ooh. you know, mac and cheese makes your stomach happy. And when Owen Tippett scores, it, it's like eye candy. It makes your eyes very happy. So, um, okay, that's my ra- fucking crazy rationale for that. I'm down for crazy rationales right here. A hundred percent down for that. What is, what even now, is other Thanksgiving food? There's a... Uh, <laughs> Sweet potatoes. A lot of people enjoy a sweet potato. I'm not a fan personally. That's my my hot Thanksgiving take is I don't particularly like sweet potatoes. They're trash. But, okay. We're in agreement here. But hey, if you like sweet potatoes, more power to you. It's just not for me in any way, shape, or form. I've tried them many times and I don't like them. I just don't. Yeah. No, they're not for me either. I think they suck. So who's not for... So Mark Stahl's the sweet potatoes by our oh, standard. Yeah. Uh, my, yeah, Mark Stahl. Or Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, well, Risto's not even playing right now, so yeah, I'm not going to throw him. I'm not going to involve him, but yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, let's see, what else we got here? Well, we got... so, And we also could think about players. I mean, we got Cam Atkinson. Cam Atkinson, oh, you know, Cam Atkinson's the green bean casserole. He's nutritious. Yeah, yeah that's He's, a good one. He's a very comforting presence on your table. Oh, I know who the stuffing would be. Who's the stuffing? Nick Deloria. Because <laughs> he just stuffs you. He just stuffs people and shit. That's that's fair. He does stuff people. I feel like he. What did you think, by the way, about that Nick Deloria fight that ended with the gentlemanly like head? Pack? Oh, it was hilarious. My favorite thing about that fight was just that, like, literally, they were. It looked like a cartoon. They were just literally trading punches. Like, I punch, you punch. I Like, it looked like a coordinated, like, 
weird thing. I, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was just so funny. To I watch. was in the kitchen. I was in the kitchen when that happened. And M told me that there was a scrum and I'm like, what's going on? And I came back and I rewinded it and she really downplayed it. I'm like, holy shit. Like they were just exchanging punches for 30 seconds. Yeah, it was, it was one. None of them really like landed hard from what I can tell, but like, no, but yeah. I mean, it was a good, good little scrap right yeah. there. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I know it was fun. It was definitely fun. And the, the gentlemanly ending to it. Yeah. And like, we see that all the time where it's like, you know, unless it's like a retribution fight where someone's fighting someone because they, you know, hurt their teammate or something like that. Normally you see the goons like tap each other on the ass and be like, hey, good shit. That was a good fight. Okay. So we, we got a couple more and we'll, we'll end it there. But let's see. I think the cranberry sauce is the biggest one remaining at this point and would joel farabee be the cranberry sauce here have we said coots yet where's coots coots is the the mashed potatoes that's right that's right um oh boy um yeah i'll say cranberry sauce farabee feels good for for uh cranberry sauce there we go all right good i think we got a good lineup there and then uh bobby brink is this a uh, little delicious uh, dinner roll that you have at the end of the day yeah I, that's perfect. <laughs> that really is perfect for him, dude. Like he's just, yeah, he's just a fun little guy. And that's kind of what, the and then, you know what? S- Scott Lawton is the gravy. He brings everything yeah. together. Yeah. Scooty Lutz. Come on. Come on. That's good. The next captain, right? That's good. <laughs> oh, we love some Scooty Lutz around these parts. And, uh, so one final note on Thanksgiving. So, what are you mo- most looking forward to this Thanksgiving? What uh, what food are you looking forward to the most that's going to be on your table? Mac and cheese, because my girlfriend mac makes the most insane mac and cheese I've ever had. Um, and so, yeah, the mac and cheese. And aside from the food, I'm just looking forward to spending time with the fam because my cousins are in town. Um, and I always love when they come to town because they are the most chaotic bunch of lunatics ever. Um, so we'll be I'll be with them and... Uh, my girlfriend's around for Thanksgiving this time, so it'll be fun. We're nice. all, all going to be together. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I hope you enjoy it, Quigley family over there. And then uh, I'm looking... So I don't really have much. My sister's going to come over, but it's just going to be me and my sister, Courtney, and, uh, and Brucey boy. And yeah, we're just going to have a nice chill time. And we're, we're actually ordering, so that's... That's nice. Uh, there's a, a place that does a full Thanksgiving meal that we're picking up. Uh, and hey, listen, they got a guy who was on Top Chef preparing it. So it's going to be some good shit. So I'm looking forward. My sister's going to make mac and cheese for it, though. So I'm looking forward to see what she brings. I did order extra mashed potatoes for this, though, because Courtney and I are both mashed potato fiends. We're absolute fiends. We need extra potatoes. I like mashed potatoes, but get the chunky mashed potatoes out of here. Like, I want it to be, like, nice and smooth, you know? Oh, no, I, I'll, I'll take chunks. I'll take smooth. Give me all of your mashed potatoes, your heaping mash. I want it. Will you come for my bangers, my beans and mash? Yeah, I'll take your beans and mash, baby. <laughs> Have you seen Get Them to the Greek? It's been a while. Okay, but yeah. Been a while. But yes, I have. Yeah, okay, that's what that's a reference to, so... Continue. On with the show. <laughs> well, I hope you and yours enjoy a great 
Thanksgiving leader this week. And it's time to talk about our Philadelphia Hockey Flyers, who I am thankful to say are on a five-game win streak. Oh, wow. Steve, do you know the last time the the Flyers... <laughs> I just forgot the name of the goddamn team. The last time the Flyers... Oh, the Philadelphia went, Hockey Team. When's the last time the Flyers went on a five-game winning streak? Oh, man. It's got to be a couple years, right? Was it 2020? The last time they went on a five-game winning streak was before COVID-19 started. Okay, that makes sense to me. In February, right? I believe it was that nine-game winning streak, that like heater that they were on toward the end, God. right before COVID. What a time to be alive. COVID didn't exist, and the Flyers were playing well. Yeah, it was wild. Crazy, crazy time. That's why COVID happened is actually because people blame, you know, some lab. No, it was, it was the Flyers. God said, the Flyers do well. I say thee nay. Yeah. And struck them down. That's right. So yes. they're on a five game winning streak for the first time since pre-COVID times. Amazing. And think about how much your life has changed. I know. I know. Say, I, I know. But dude, it's incredible. I mean, they're playing great. They're playing excellent They're hockey. They're playing great. Dude, and here's the thing. Hockey's fun right now. It is. Like, I'm actually looking forward to tuning in and watching Flyers games. It's it's a good feeling. It's a good thing. Now, I still know that there's, like, this portion of the fan base that's angry about this. There are people who are yeah. coming out of the woodwork saying, like, why are you winning? We're supposed to lose. We're in a rebuild. What are you doing? Trade out. Like, shut the fuck up. We are at a point now where the team is pretty much run by children. Like you look like, yeah, there's Coots, there's Atkinson, there's some older guys, but like half of the team is like 24. Like, yeah. this is what you want. You want young players to be winning games. That's kind of how it goes. And so, I mean, listen, I, I'm happy to see them playing well. Um, yeah, would it be nice if they had a super high first round pick in this year's draft? It it would be. I would that would be terrific. Sure. Um, but this is And there's no reason that they can't trade assets for more draft picks. And also, this isn't last year's draft. I'm sorry, but last year was way more important to tank. Right, Connor right. Bedard was a generational talent, is a generational talent that was totally worth tanking for. Totally worth it. Chicago, Columbus. They played it right. They were 100% doing it the right way. And the Flyers, well, they tried really hard and they got just out of there. But you know what? We got Matvey fucking Mishkov, guys. Mm -hmm. We got Matvey Mishkov. And when the Flyers got Matvey Mishkov in that draft, I didn't quite switch into like win mode or anything like that. But it alleviated some of my tanking feelings, right? Like I didn't feel as strongly that the Flyers needed to tank. Because Mishkov could be such a difference maker for this franchise. Right. He is a player you can build around, which is something that the Flyers have needed for years now. The last player they could build around was Claude Giroux, and we saw that happen. They did not build around that fucking guy at all. So it's, they have a guy, they have a goal in sight, they have other exciting young players. Cutter Gauthier, man. Cutter Gauthier feels like somebody special. He feels like he's going to be really good. Bobby Brink looks great so far. Cam York, he's got his ups and downs like a toilet seat. That's Morgan Frost. T Tyson. Cam York has a lot of potential. Tyson Forrester looks really good. Like, I know he hasn't and been. And Tov to Tyson Forrester just scored his first NHL he goal. He did. Like, I, well, uh, first goal of the season. But, like, 
I, I oh that's right yeah, that's right. I know he has not been hitting the back of the net, which I mean he's a goal scorer, so you'd like want to see that. But here's the thing, he's been great away from the puck. Like everything he's been doing, you look. I mean he's he's disrupting plays defensively. He's creating plays offensively. He's been creative with the puck. Like he's I, I I'm blown away at how complete of a player he is. Like. He's not scoring the goals, which is his calling card, but everything else he's doing very well. And for a player hit his age, that's great. It's it's incredible that's to great. watch. So I just want positive signs of moving forward and everything. I want these guys to develop properly. That's all I really care about right now. Yeah. And I, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying the wins. I mean, it's it's very funny to me that the Flyers have the second most points in the Metropolitan Division right now. <laughs> They're, they have 21 points, but it's an 18 games played. But they still have the second most points in the division right now. Washington actually has 20 points in 15 games. That's crazy to me because Washington was terrible to start. I was about to say, they were real bad. We were making fun of them just a couple weeks ago. And now all of a sudden... We were. Now all of a sudden they're a wagon. So yeah, it's weird. They're 9-4-2. and two. I mean, Carolina is... They only have one game in hand on the Flyers and they're... You know, they've got 20 points. Here's the thing. It's kind of it's kind of nice to look at the standings and say, oh, look, the Flyers are high up because it has been a long time since we've been able to say that. It's nice. I don't think this team's making the playoffs, which means they'll probably get a pretty good draft pick. Like, I think this is like a fun time and I'm enjoying the ride. I don't think it's going to last. I don't think this team quite has enough talent to reach that point. But I want to see where they go. I'm interested. I'm locked in in a way that I haven't been for a for a couple of years now. Yeah, like we saw last year, the Flyers get hot. I believe it was it was the Disney on Ice trip when they swept it, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah. my god!" Like here we go, we're gearing up for a for a second half run here, and like that never ended up happening. They just weren't that good. And yeah, right now the Flyers are playing great, and they look really good, but like. That is what makes the difference between a playoff team and a pretending team and just an overachieving team is the ability to win games and go on runs like this consistently. We need to see the Flyers do this for much longer before we can completely be like, oh, yeah, this is a playoff team. Um, Because, I mean, it's a long season. Like, and I know that the statistic, like, what is it? Like 70% of teams who are in playoff position at American Thanksgiving go to the playoffs. But like, I always find this so funny because like, there's so much season left. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit where they are at Thanksgiving. It doesn't, and I'm not calling it American Thanksgiving. Sorry, Canadians. I'm just calling it Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't give a shit where they are at Thanksgiving. I don't think it matters because there's just so much season and frankly, I'm still not convinced that Danny Breer isn't going to sell at the trade deadline. You've got some very sellable assets on this team, and there's no reason not to get rid of certain guys. Like Cam Atkinson and Sean Walker, you, you got to trade. Like Big fan of both those guys. Yeah, they're great. Trade them in a heartbeat. They're great. Like They would get so many assets for... For those two guys. And I'm not saying they're going to get like, you know, multiple first round picks or anything like that, but like they could get a pretty solid return. If they, if they were to trade both those guys at the trade deadline, they would get some, a pretty nice, you know, package. Um, And so, you know, I mean, it, it kills me to say that because Sean Walker has been so goddamn good. Sean Walker has been a rock. He's been phenomenal. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. he looks so good. And, like, he looks good, man. It's it's stabilized this defense in a way that they haven't really had since Matt Niskanen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he makes... By the way, how funny, speaking of Niskanen, that kind of reminded me of Provorov. How funny was that Sanheim comment the other day where he was talking about how certain guys in the locker room wouldn't, like, adapt on defense and change their style or anything? Like, oh, what are you talking about? It was very funny. I laughed audibly. Um, and also speaking of Provorov, was he crying at the video tribute they gave him the other night? I didn't catch that part of the game, but was he? Cause that's, he was that's making this, funny. he was here a long time. Yeah. He was making this face when they were playing the video where it was just like, it looked like he was holding back some tears and maybe he was just, I don't, I don't know what he was doing. Maybe I was like, you know, my eyes were doing something weird, but like, I swore it looked like he was getting a little emotional watching that video. So perhaps he was thinking about all those happy same sex couples out there. Who knows? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was. <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, I mean, he was here a long time and I wouldn't be surprised if he got emotional over that because I mean, like he was one of the main guys on this team yeah. for a really, long there was time. a time where he was like regarded as one of the centerpieces of the team and not even just at the present time, but like years and years and years down the future. Like people thought that he was the franchise defenseman, especially during the, I did during the 2019 20 season when he was just incredible, like the whole year. Yeah. I was like, Oh wow. Like this guy's no joke. This is incredible. You know, the guy was an absolute machine. Like he would play, 25 minutes a night without blinking an eye and like he was solid for a long time i i really liked ivan Provorov. i really truly believed the flyers had drafted a number one defenseman yeah. i i've been in multiple podcast episodes saying that i won't deny it but you know we all saw how it worked out and i'm glad he moved on and uh you know but hey uh he got emotional that's cool um, I think he did. I, I don't yeah. know if he actually, but like it looked to me from the broadcast that it looked like he, you know, may have held back a tear. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. We see a Provy. Right. We see and a we've seen him get emotional before. We remember what happened in the Penguin series when they lost and he was like crying on the bench. Like he, he clearly cared about the Flyers. He did. Yeah. So. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Getting back to this winning streak though. What have the Flyers been doing well on this winning streak? The big thing for me is they've beaten a few quality teams out there. I mean, Vegas might be the, they're probably the second best team in the league. Boston is doing it yet again. It's crazy to me how Boston does it. Montgomery is just unbelievable. Uh, Carolina, very good team. LA's got talent. Anaheim's got talent. And well, Columbus sucks and they took care of business. So that was nice. But like, (laughs) I know how you feel about Ohio, but but man, they have beaten some quality teams. What has stood out to you as the keys to this winning streak? Steve, the power play. It's doing the stuff. Power play. It's actually scoring goals, which is why I didn't think they were capable of doing that, Steve. Um, so no, I didn't think they were capable of that either. I mean, what was, I think they were on a zero for twenty six run, like something stupid. It was over like an eight-game span. They hadn't scored a power play goal. And what is it? They, they, the power play just kind of explodes against Vegas. And I believe they got a, another power play goal against Columbus. I, yeah, it was Bobby Brink. So, um, 
And then they got another shorthanded goal. Like, the special teams have been, like, pretty solid. Oh, that shorty. Man, that paling shorty that was, was awesome. Was a beaut, yeah. man. That was, like, an effective odd man rush for the Flyers. How about that? I, I got to say this, too. Speaking of Ryan Paling, four points in his last three games. And over his last, like, he was scratched for that uh, game against uh, the Anaheim Ducks um, not too long ago. I believe it was November 10th. I think it was. Um, he was scratched for that game. Or maybe it was the 13th. I can't remember. Uh, I could. I just don't care enough to look. But since coming back into the lineup, yeah, yeah, I believe it was like the 12th or 13th. Since coming back in the lineup, he has been playing on the third line. So he's been the third line center over Noah Cates. Noah Cates is now on the fourth line. He has four points, two goals, two assists over his last three games, um, plus three rating. And he had a goal and two assists against the Blue Jackets the other night. And that, of course, goal was shorthanded. So he's been good. Like, Ryan Paling's been good. Credit to him for stepping up. He, he seems like the kind of player who, like, in, like Torts has kind of, like, mentioned this. He definitely seems like a Torts-type player. Like, Torps has, Torts has said, like, yeah, he's been great all year long and yada, yada, yada. He was scratched, but he's come back better than that. Like, you know, all that stuff. Um but yeah, Ryan Paling's been really good, and um, it's what an interesting, yeah, what an interesting little development that's turned into. It makes you wonder what what's going on with Noah Cates. What what's in store for him? Is he going to get back to the third line? Is he, you know, what's going to happen there? But um, yeah, like overall, the last few games in terms of what is the biggest difference is, I think it's got to be the the special teams have been much better. I think, and also. And I'm actually, this serves as a good tease. I'm writing a story that will go live tomorrow, a.k.a. Wednesday. So at the time of this recording that you are hearing it, listener, it might already be out. But basically, uh, Ryan Paling. And this is over on BroadStreetHockey.com. BroadStreetHockey.com. That's right. Check it out. Uh, a quality site that you should subscribe to for a low monthly fee. Yes. Thank you. Please give much. us money. Please, God, give us money. Um <laughs> and so basically Ryan Paling and John Tortorella both said after the Blue Jackets game, you know, they were asked essentially, oh, what's what's different now, this and that. And Tortorella and Paling both said multiple times belief, like the team believes, which is I know we are making jokes about Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso stuff yeah, right here. <laughs> like we are yeah. making jokes about Ted Lasso. But like. They both said, like, yeah, we be- like the team believes right now. There's this belief that what we're doing is the right way to do it. Um, and w- we just – we believe in each other right now, and we believe in ourselves. And um, they – dare I say, Steve, they trust the process. Oh, there it is. There it is. And you know – oh, my God, Steve. They are the process. We had – the Sixers had to wait a couple of years for Joel Embiid. Flyers are waiting a couple of years for Matvey Michkov. There you go. There's a little bit of similarity there, Steve. I'll tell you what. This is the trust the process Flyers right now. Trust that process, baby. I'm all about oh, it. Let's, wow. let's go. Let's go. Oh, wow. How about that? Now, if there's anybody that could derail this current winning streak, it would be the return of players who might not fit <laughs> in the lineup perfectly. Yeah. And Mark Stahl is just about to come back. Rasmus Ristolainen is rumored to be coming back soon. We don't know about Risto, Risto just yet. And also, I need to throw it. Ted, oh, have you seen Ted Lasso? But uh, 
Ted Lasso. But anyway, <laughs> Risto is coming back soon. Mark Stahl is definitely coming back. And the cap-friendly death charts have him playing on the third pairing with Zamola currently. With uh, Bel- Louis Belpedio coming out of the lineup. Yeah, I had a feeling Belpedio would come out. But, you know, good for Louis. He came in, scored a couple goals. Um, his first career NHL goal, that was pretty cool. So he's he's yeah. a career NHLer, or excuse me, he's a career AHLer. Let's not get that twisted. But like, I was, I'm still glad to yeah. see him come up and, and have a nice little cup of coffee with the Flyers. It's always good when those AHL guys can get a nice cup of coffee. And it was trippy because I feel like I haven't seen a guy wear 37 in a long time. I always associate 37 with Eric Desjardins. Yeah. So I hadn't seen 37 in a real long time. So I was like, oh, that's that's kind of tripping me up. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see it often on the Flyers. Um, but yeah, so Belpedio's he's I would presume he's he's out and you got Mark Stahl coming in. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm I don't know how to feel like, listen, they're, they're going to put Mark Stahl in like they always were. Like there was a lot of he's a torch guy. Yeah, he is a big time torch like, guy. Like they've spent years together. They he they were together in New York and all that. Like he knows they vacation in Aruba every year. Of course, they're they're very much in love with the, uh, each other. Probably um, Mark Stahl also got kicked in the face by a horse just to match torts. That's what the newspapers are saying. Um, yeah, the New York Post had it all over. Yeah, but listen, I, I feel like. Mark Stahl was always going to come back into the lineup. People were clamoring like, oh, you know, maybe just keep him out. Like he's like, no, he was always going to come back in. And it was always going to be about Louis Bell. It was always going to be Bell Pedio coming out. Like that's a clear upgrade. Like I'm not a Mark Stahl fan, but like he's Louis Bell. Right. Right. Like Mark Stahl. He played great for what, for what he did. But like Mark Stahl is an NHL player. Louis Belpedio is not an NHL yeah. player. Say what you want about Mark Stahl. He is still an NHL player. At this point, he's the third He's the third pair defenseman. And, like, that's just what he is, and that's where he should be. And g- good. I, I hope when he comes back in, he's not uh, getting an exorbitant amount of minutes just because he's a veteran. Because still very much to this point, we need to be seeing the younger guys getting the minutes. We need to see Santa. Well, I mean, Sanheim's minutes aren't going anywhere. That's obvious. But like, you st- no, no, not the way he's playing. You want to see, you want to see York get a ton of minutes. Um, you want to see. By the way, Sanheim now leading the team in points. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> what a season! Wild. I know we 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 gushed about him last week, but man, he is just on another level this season. It makes me happy. Your Pelly Lindbergh Memorial Trophy winner. Every other year. Yeah, every other year it's going to be saying Um So expect a massive regression next year. Um, oh, no. But, uh, no, like, I want to see Cam York getting lots of minutes. Uh, Sean Walker has very much established himself as a bona fide, no doubt about it, top four defensemen, so he's not going to be moved. Like, if he if he starts relinquishing minutes for Mark Stahl, then you got a problem. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like at this point it's pretty obvious where Mark Stahl kind of sits in the pecking order. The only one he could possibly get minutes over out of everybody in the top four currently is Nick Sealer. Yeah. I'll... But I think Sealer's been solid. I, I would be a little surprised to see that. Like, I, I, 
I don't think Sealer's been spectacular. He doesn't play a spectacular game, but he's been solid. Would you be shocked in any way if Cam York got demoted? No, of course not. It's Torts. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was. Like, I could see Mark Stahl, you know. And that's the one situation where I'd be upset. Exactly. Because that's yeah. a guy. He needs ice time. He needs experience at the NHL level. That is the one guy who I absolutely need to be getting top four minutes on this defense for this team. Well, I mean, obviously Sandheim and Walker too, yeah. but like Cam York needs it. He is like the only blue chip defensive pro- prospect we have right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to wonder about Zamul and York with Mark Stahl coming back in. Um, yeah. Because those are the two guys we've seen. We've already seen Zamula get scratched a couple times, several times. Um, Cam York hasn't been scratched yet, but we have seen him get benched. So, mm-hmm. you know, clearly the, those two younger guys are still going through the motions. And like, no, like it should not come as a surprise if Mark Stahl, when he comes back in, one of those two guys gets scratched. Like that's probably going to happen. Um, it'll, hey, listen, I mean, Cam York scored a goal from his own end that he banked off like accidentally into the empty net. You can't bench that guy for those skills with those kind of pool skills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was very calculated what he did. Um, it was a, hey, he's, he's also learning to play chess. Yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, Mark Stahl's back. I mean, listen, zero, zero goals, zero assists, zero points, zero plus minus. He's, he's, he is what he is at this point. He's just, uh, he's not going to give you much. And, uh, and it's a piece of white bread right yeah, there. Very much so. Would you like some plain white toast for breakfast, sir? Here's Mark Stahl. I, I'll tell you what, I actually love some plain white toast. But uh, does Mark Stahl have butter on it? That's the you, question. Absolutely. There's negative butter on the toast. Oh, then I'm not, I don't want it yeah. unless I'm hungover. Yeah. So. And I, my, my belly needs the bread to absorb all the, the toxins I've drank. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. To, the defensive core is going to be interesting, the, particularly the, I would say, the bottom four, because I think we kind of understand who the top, like, you know, we have an idea of, you know, like I mentioned, the Sean Walker, Travis Sanheim, like, we understand those guys. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. Sailor and York are... are are the guys who could be in flux there, but we'll, we'll see what happens with them. The, the more interesting question is once Ristolainen comes back, yes. what do they do then? Yeah. And how does he affect the team? Because again, Ristolainen, while his play was better last season, he, he was a flat out turd on the ice before that. Like it was, he was not good. It was real bad. And like first, first things first, we have to figure out, like we don't know when he's coming back. Like I know he's been skating around, but like, so was Sean Couturier at the end of last season. Now, granted, I know that's, yeah, that's true. I know that was a little bit of like an apples and oranges type deal. But like, listen, we we don't even we have no I absolutely no clue when Risto is going to be back, and you know how effective he'll be when he does come back. So it's it's yeah, that's a unique situation that I'm not even thinking about right now. Like I'm just kind of monitoring. Okay, he's skating. Cool. Is he back tomorrow? No. Okay. All right. We'll we'll revisit this in a few days. I feel like I'm not worried about anybody significant getting scratched until he comes back, and that's when it becomes a little dicier. But 
Let's see what happens. Hopefully the Flyers can keep this momentum going. Going to be an interesting week. I mean, they have the Islanders who have struggled of late, but the Flyers also always play like shit against the Islanders. And then the Black Friday matchup this year is against the New York Rangers, who are at the top of the standings in the Metro. They're a good hockey team, and that's going to be a tough damn match. I think that's actually a great gauge of where the Flyers are right now. That's a really good test to see just how good these young Flyers are. I mean, the Flyers have had several really good tests within their last five games. Like, I mean, listen, they got laughed out of the building at SAP Center against the Sharks, the winless Sharks. And then they turn around and they beat, who do they beat? They beat uh, Anaheim, Anaheim, New York, LA, LA, um, Carolina, Vegas. Columbus isn't Mm -hmm. much of an accomplishment, but... I mean, you beat Vegas and Carolina, L.A. I mean, those are three excellent teams right now. And, um, I mean, they've, they've stepped up to the plate when they were faced with big tests previously. So, I mean, we'll see how they do against the – if they beat the Islanders, that, that'll be a real they interesting game. They should beat the Islanders. Yeah, they, I mean, they should. But like you mentioned, they always tend to have a hard time, especially with Sorokin. Sorokin's just – he's a freak. Sorokin. He's great. Yeah, he's good. It's very good. But I, I think that Rangers game is a real interesting one. We'll see. I mean, they play the Islanders twice this week, which Yay. wake me up when those games are over. Yeah. But uh, the Rangers game should be interesting. And then Carolina again. But that's that's next week. Yeah. We'll probably yeah. be recording around that game at some point. But uh, yeah, this New York swing should be pretty interesting for this team. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think... Uh, We'll learn a little bit more about this team this week. Uh, you want to see them perform well against a not-that-great Islanders team. And listen, if they lose against the Rangers, like, there's no shame in losing to the Rangers. Like, they're a great team. Like, they're a Stanley Cup contending team. Um, so, like, if you, I would, in fact, say I expect them to lose to the Rangers in that right, game. Right, yeah. Like, I don't know. One thing I'll we'll say. One thing I'll say about the Black Friday game, I will never forget... I don't even remember the specifics. I just remember there was this Flyers-Rangers Black Friday game years ago. And I just remember Wayne Simmons beating the shit out of somebody. I think it was like Tanner Glass or something. But it was awesome. (laughs) And so I just love that Flyers-Rangers Black Friday game. Oh, it's a great... I love the Black Friday game. It's a great tradition. I'm glad it's early in the day again. Like, they used to do it really early... Uh, and then I think last year they shifted it to like 5 p.m. And I was like, this is, no, this is not the Black yeah, Friday game. Yeah, no. It, it's at 1 p.m. again this year. Excited about that. But it's back where it belongs. Bless. Love it. Blessed. Blessed. All right. Well, we'll see what happens to the Flyers this week. Final note I wanted to mention in the show, and this is something that warms my orange and black heart. Mike Richards is coming back to Philly, baby. Mike Richards is going to be playing in an alumni game in January, his first alumni game. Not really had a relationship with the club since Paul Holmgren traded away for Braden Shen and Wayne Simmons. And that was one of the most heartbreaking trades of my... I know it was just before your time, but it was one of the most heartbreaking trades of my entire Flyers life. Like, I was on the verge of buying a Richie jersey, he was my favorite player on that 2010 team and everything. Like, I love the guy. He was awesome. Heart and soul guy. And there's a reason he won multiple championships with the Kings. Because he was just such a great Philadelphia freaking flyer. 
And it's good to see him bring him back into the fold. I'm sure that's all Danny Breer and Keith Jones is doing right there because, you know, Jonesy was around the club quite a bit at that point and Danny Breer directly played with him. Yeah. So much like Eric Lindros a few years ago, this is a very exciting thing for me to see Mike Richards back in orange and black. I just missed the Richards era and I'm real bummed about it because it's just everything I know about him and, you know, the way he played in his prime, he was so Philly. Like, everything about his playing style, his attitude, everything about him was just that, like, gritty, dirty, like, you know, kind of like uh, salt of the earth. The man would wreck people. Yeah. But he was super talented, and he just gave his all out there. And he got a lot of shit from the press. Like, he really got dragged through the mud a lot of the time when during his time here. And I always hated it. I hated the shit that him and Jeff Carter got. And it, it's good to see. It's so funny that Carter is still actively playing, too. I mean, the level he's at, not he's, so great yeah, currently. Right. But the fact that he's still out there doing it is pretty damn remarkable uh richards hasn't played in like nearly a decade but there's a lot of a lot of factors in there that i'm sure you know about if not go to the wikipedia page i'm sure you can find the full story right there regardless this is awesome i mean he was the shift the mike richards shift against the montreal Canadiens is it's a top five top five flyers moment for me easily i Mm. i just like got out of my seat and lost my mind at that one when he collided with the goalie and slam dunked that puck. Halak. So awesome. So awesome. Yeah, Halak. Uh, zero goals, zero assists, zero points, minus one rating in 11 games played for Jeff Carter with the Penguins this season. Oh, wow. Not great. Not great. Not great at all. But you know He's what? He's also 50 uh, years Jeff old. Car- so. <laughs> Jeff Carter's probably younger than me. Sadly, let's see. Jeff Carter, what's that? He's age? thirty-eight. So what's yeah, he's age? younger than you. Just barely, though. Just barely. We're we're right around the same mark yeah. there, Jeff Carter and I. We're basically the same person. We both love the Jersey Shore, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I yeah. I only like the Jersey Shore. I don't love it. Jeff Carter loved it. He barricaded himself. Didn't want to go to Columbus no matter what. Just would not go. And yeah, Jeff Carter, never quite beloved by this fan base for that uh, kind of blase attitude, but the man could score some frigging goals, except for that one time in Stanley Cup final. But less said about that, the better. Mike Richards, however, is a guy who is beloved by the majority of this fan base. People are going to be psyched to see him. I'm going to try and make it out to that alumni game. Always have a fun time at alumni games. They're not like the most thrilling thing you'll ever see, but it's a fun time and it's fun to see some of the old guys get out there and and kick around and especially because you're starting to see alumni from more recent history, like Gagne, mm-hmm. Briere's been out there, Kimo Timonen. Seeing those guys out there is a lot of fun. It'll be fun to see like Simmons in there one day. You know? Dude, can they just get Wayne Train right now? Uh, like, honestly. I wanna yeah. see my I want to see Mike Richards and Wayne Simmons play together. That was the only tragedy. Well, not the only tragedy. That was one <laughs> a of the lot tragic of tragedies things. There. There's a lot of tragedies in Flyers history, especially recent Flyers history. But that was one of the most tragic elements of that trade is they brought in Wayne Simmons, who the man is the Philadelphia Flyers. Like, yeah, he just is a perfect flyer. And the fact that I never got to see Mike Richards and Wayne Simmons play together 
in orange and black is just tragic mm-hmm. because they would have been awesome together. It would have been so much fun. It would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer that I missed that, that era of flyers. I literally came in kind of like early in Claude Giroux's captaincy. I think it was actually Claude Giroux's first year as a captain. That was like my first full season watching hockey from start to finish. And yeah, since then it's been, uh, <laughs> it's been a bit, a bit of, Oh, Shit it's show. been something. You know, the the Richards Carter era was a lot of fun. It was a frustrating one because they would go up against Crosby's Penguins all the time and lose because, well, it was Crosby's Penguins. It was Crosby, Malkin, Flurry, and Christopher Latang, like prime Latang, Crosby, Malkin, all those guys. They get you know, and it's like yeah, Mike Richards and Jeff Carter were really freaking good. Uh, Scott Hartnell. Uh, Danny Briere, really good guy at hockey. These guys, but like, they just weren't. You know, no one, Crosby, yeah, Malkin, yeah, no one's Latang and Flurry. Like it sucked. It sucked because I really liked that team, and they would just always, with the exception of 2010, would get their asses beat by the Penguins. But uh, you know, hey, whatever. It was fun. There were a lot of great guys on those teams, and a lot of good memories. And the, the nice thing about those teams is that the majority of the talent was homegrown. Like that was one thing that Paul Holmgren of that era really did well was bring up this talent through the organization. Carter, Richards, Umberger, those guys mm-hmm. were, were homegrown. Even Simone Gagne, who was an elder statesman on that team at that point, that guy was a, a homegrown flyer and one of my favorites. So homegrown guys and a lot of like crafty trades, like the Coburn trade, Super crafty, one of the best in Flyers history. The Tiemannan and Hartnell trade, mm, unbelievable yeah. move by by Paul Holmgren to bring those guys in. So, you know, there were a lot of like, really just, I love those teams. It was a shame they weren't better than they were, but they were a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like I said, I, I, I wish I, that's a big regret of mine. I wish I could have seen more of those teams, but it's Great. I love going back and like kind of looking at those um, kind of highlight videos on YouTube and all that of those teams. And it just looked like a ton of fun. Yeah. Very fun teams. And uh, I know Kelly Hinkle is with me on being really excited about uh, Mike Richards coming out of the lake house to come down and uh, visit old Philadelphia again. Just uh, maybe stay away from old city and dry Island there, buddy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we, we love Mike Richards. Very happy to have him back. Nice job by Danny Breer and Jonesy on this one. All right, folks, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. We love and cherish you all. If you have any feedback for us, the best place I guess is Twitter slash X, but you know, hit me up on blue sky. If you can, uh, it's fly purpley. It's Estee bomb. Hit it up at Flyperbole if you're doing it for hockey purposes. That was really awkwardly put, but who cares? We're wrapping it up. Uh, you can also find Flyperbole on TikTok and on Instagram. More active on the Instagram of the two. Quigley, where can people find you on the socials? Oh, baby, Steve. You want to find me at Ryan Quigs with a Z on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Blue Sky. You can find me there as well. Yeah, go ahead and follow me My for all space. this stuff. Keep an eye out for stories from uh, Broad Street Hockey, which you should subscribe to if you don't already. Pay a small, sm- Do it. small little subscription, and uh, it's great. 
it's lots of great content. We have a lot of great writers writing stuff all the time. We get the prospect report from Maddie Campbell. We have Thomas Williams writing stuff all the time. Um, yeah, so jump in there, subscribe. You will not be disappointed. The preview master, Italian Joe. Come on, Italian Joe with the previews. Awesome writer. Oh, he, well, he's more he's more versatile than just pre. He writes he writes more he stuff is. than just previews. But Kelly always praises his previews and uh, you know i just had to go based off of that but no he does love a preview he does i feel bad that i'm not rattling off all the other amazing writers too because i I feel like i could do this for at least five minutes i I, i'm thankful for you all though i love everybody Mm, over at broad street hockey we've got a great crew well definitely worth your cup of coffee a month you know you know who's not a good writer is kurt i mean because kurt sucks (laughs) <laughs> now we love him. We love him. There, I honestly, for those of you who don't I know, do. like the, the kind of running joke in the Broad Street Hockey Slack is just dunking on Kurt. <laughs> so it, it's is, like, it is. <laughs> it's funny. I'm not going to lie. I do. I do miss talking to Kurt on this program because Kurt was a, a host on this program for many, many episodes. And uh, he was awesome. Love talking to Kurt. Kurt is uh, one of the funniest guys that I've talked to. Yeah. So he, that uh, was yeah. a, that was an excellent era of flyper. Like I, you, the, you, the Steven Kurt combo was really good. Really, really yeah. good. Kurt, come back on anytime, yes. anytime at all. But yeah, we, uh, we love our broad street hockey folks. So, all right, folks, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening. And please note that this podcast was brought to you by bed online. Okay, be sure to check them out with uh, promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V as in Victor, for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. And next, until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Go birds. Go birds. Wow. 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 Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.